Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Louise Crooks, your Keys to Clarity coach on KTC Radio. And I am um, broadcasting tonight from Belfast, Northern Ireland, which is unusual, an unusual setting for me. Um, I normally am broadcasting from New Jersey in the U.S. And so this tonight is a truly international show as I welcome Warren Henningsen um, all the way from Australia as our guest this evening. Welcome, Warren. Thank you very much, Louise. How are you? I'm doing well tonight. What about you? Yeah, fantastic. It's a, it's a beautiful day in sunny Melbourne. First yeah. day of spring. Oh, lovely. Lovely. So if it's first day of spring for you, then what is it for us? First day of, uh, of, uh, oh, it's first day of autumn for us tomorrow. Ew. <laughs> and oh, last, last, last day of summer or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. We're on the last day of summer because you're a day ahead of us. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so I really want to welcome you, Warren, and um, I just want to welcome everyone who's listening to the show um, and, uh, you know, to feel free to call into the show and um, join us um, in asking questions and, and in the conversation that we're going to be having this evening. Warren has written a wonderful book um, called If I Can, You Can, and it's a, it's a, a really wonderful rendition of uh, the law of attraction and how powerful it can be if we use it in our um, day-to-day lives. And he really goes into some wonderful um, depths uh, around uh, different aspects um, of our personal growth to be able to really incorporate the law of attraction in our lives. And I'm very excited for us to have a conversation about this book, and I really recommend um, you know, obviously, once everyone's heard a little bit more about it, to actually go out and buy it because um, it really is a wonderful. For me, it's, it was a wonderful um, synopsis and gathering of a lot of really uh, wise um, information, a lot of uh, powerful information. Um, so I really, I really encourage you all to go and, and, and get this book. It's, um, it's, it's, it would be a great book to have on your shelf when you need that reminder of the things that we do, we can do to move ourselves forward. Absolutely. So, um, so Warren, I, I would love for you to introduce yourself and just um, tell us a little bit about you and, uh, and, and we can then jump into this juicy conversation. <laughs> Thanks, Lloyd. Look, the, um, I guess the, uh, look, if I can, you can, the book, uh, it's actually subtitled uh, Insights of an Average Man, as, as I yeah. know you know. Um, I'm an average. I'm an average guy. Um, I guess I'd like to see the. My goal is just to increase the uh, the average. But um, uh, you know, it's it. Uh, where do I come from? I was uh, I was born in Papua New Guinea. Um, oh, back, that's uh, unusual. Um, yeah, a little bit, I guess. Well, there's a few of us, I guess. Um, but um, I was born at a very young age, and uh, to a Russian father and a, and a Sri Lankan mother. So it is particularly international. Um, wow. Ironically, I was. Ironically, I was born on uh, United Nations Day, so it all kind of makes sense. Um, but um, but uh, look, I, I grew up in a place called Dandenong. Um, a lot of people uh, all over the world know of Dandenong. It's kind of, well, let's just say I, I escaped from Dandenong when I was about 19. <laughs> yes, I escaped from um, Durban, South Africa when I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's kind of there's kind of a running gag that says uh, I got early parole at 19, um, but um, but look, it was um, 
I, I grew up in an, as an average guy. I um, I can't say my life was was fraught with disaster or, or fraught with um, with you know, abundance. Um, it was just a, a normal life. And mum and dad both worked very very hard. Uh, dad worked sort of three and four jobs to give his, give uh, the four of us, I've got uh, three siblings, and you know to give the four of us a, a, a good education and and a, a you know, good ethic and or ethical and, and moral fibre. And um, and mum was the same. She was a daycare mother, so she used to look after other people's children in her home, um, you know, before and after school. And we grew up, you know, as happy as anybody else, and as sad as others. And you know, it was it was a pretty all-round upbringing. Yeah. Mhm. And that's yeah. uh, that's actually really great that you say that, um, you know, Warren, because I think you know often people come from these these stories that where they've written books about. Real, um, you know, um, challenge. Hardship. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so we, we, you know, we hear about these people who have who really have grown through that experience. And I think, you know, there are a lot of us out there who, you know, are are average in the sense of, you know, having a semi kind of normal, um, average, <laughs> uh, you know, um, background, and and um, you know, not necessarily having those. Um, experiences. Uh, we all obviously we all have our own experiences, but um, you know to have it come from that perspective, I think is a, is going to be a very interesting one for our listeners. So, um, Absolutely, yeah, Louise. I think that I think it was a case where um, I came to realise that you know, when you're at rock bottom and you're here, and and I certainly don't discount the the incredible achievements of people like you know if, no, to, to think of big names like Oprah Winfrey or uh, or you know yeah. or John Asarat or or Joe Vitale I don't want to discount their incredible contribution and their incredible journey but you know but that said when you're at rock bottom there's kind of only two places you can go you know you either put yourself in the ground or you or you you know come through it and create greatness the um the difficult or the challenging thing with being average and having you know just kind of being like you know having the 2.2 kids and the white picket fence and the couple of cars and the dog I mean people it's it's that I guess it's that confusion of accepting normality and saying well that's just my lot in life and it's easy to stay where you are when where you are is you know, not necessarily comfortable but certainly not uncomfortable. Yeah, that's true. And, 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 and I, I guess I invite. The, I was going to Sorry, say go the, the word normality is is very much a, a a word that you know everyone has their own interpretation of what is normal. So, um, mm. and it isn't necessarily um, you know the normality that we want. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely we want not. To a different type of normality. <laughs> well, I think that we all, by definition, we all deserve it. Yeah, you know, the fact is, is that uh, perception is nine tenths of reality. Where you, yeah. you know, your perception of something is exactly how the world is, and it's your world. Um, each individual human being has an option of being able to, you know, function their own existence. And yeah. we sort of accept we accept things instead of choosing to accept that we can create things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Warren, tell us a little bit more about how you came to write this, this book. Um, if I can, you can. <laughs> I guess, look, it, it all started um, about just over three years ago now. Um, I, I saw, like many millions of people around the planet, I saw, uh, I actually was invited to have a look at this movie called The Secret. Mm -hmm. um, Great movie. <laughs> pretty, 
Yeah, I mean, ironically, it's a pretty poorly kept secret. But that said, um, <laughs> you know, we, um, you know, I, I, uh, my, my partner, my, uh, my, I'd say better, my better three quarters as opposed to my better half, um, was uh, was pregnant with my um, with our second child, Claudine, mm-hmm. and um, I'd at this point had a little bit of a an internet buying fetish, so I kind of spent plenty of money on, I'd just discovered the wonders of the World Wide Web and those little things called checkout counters. And um, I'd gone and bought this movie, you know, this other thing off, uh, off the internet. And so we sat down and she was, well, Natalie, my partner, was like, well, what are we watching now? And you know, so we sat down and watched this movie and I had this flash of understanding that that's what I was supposed to be teaching. You know, really, I was supposed to be working with the teachers of the secret and 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 uh, forwarding this message on to millions of people. Um, from there, it was only about it would have been about seven months later that I was on stage with um, with uh, two or two or three of the teachers of the secret um, in a uh, um, actually participating in a, as a as a speaker on the law of attraction and the uh, and wealth creation on a four day event that was held in Melbourne. Um, which I thought was incredible because I'd never even emceed a wedding, let alone you know, been involved in a conference like this. Um, yeah, and, well, that was yeah, amazing from- as well, Warren. You know, having read in your book, you know how, you know how you set that intention and uh, really made it happen. Um, you know, through the power of that intention, it was just just incredible. You know, your your passion really came through the pages on that. <laughs> well, I mean, the book was written. Extremely, as you, as you know, I mean, the book was written extremely conversationally. I, um, my writing's very, very different. I've had many editors try to tear it apart and say, well, you can't do that. That's not the right way of writing. Um, heaven forbid, I probably have a, well, actually, I know for certain I've got an English literature teacher out there that's probably saying that's no way to speak. But, um, but um, I think that the greatest, the greatest means of learning, I'm also a martial arts instructor by, by trade uh-huh. as well, and yeah, the one thing I learned was I can I can get a class of you know a hundred people in front of me to teach them how to defend themselves, but it's the guys that I actually spend one on one time with that really learn, and it was the same sort of premise with this information. I thought if I can just put in writing the way I speak, and have people understand from a conversational level, that's where the greatest learning occurs. Yeah, yeah. So you had some really amazing sort of growth and epiphanies through your your um your your journey, so to speak, um, Warren and um I, I'm excited Still do. for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. You know, and, and to keep reminding ourselves, you know, of, of those things so we keep we keep um those uh learnings, those awarenesses you know, at the top of our minds to keep moving forward in the, in a way that's going to be of service to us and others is, is really important. And I think that's what really struck me with this book was that, um, you know, was was the the powerful reminders for myself, um, you know, to uh, all, all of the all of the things that we need to keep doing um, to keep moving forward and, and moving in, in the in the right direction, you know. Absolutely. Um, Look, it was it was tiny. Like my first foray, I guess, into personal development of um, of any type was with uh, Anthony Robbins um, back with back in the Awaken the Giant Within days. And one of the things that he taught, which I've really taken on board, is a thing that he called Cani, which is C A N I, which is constant and never ending improvement. You know, um, and I guess I guess what I really learnt from that is is that 
everything that lives or everything that has a life force is either growing or disintegrating. There's no such thing as standing still. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, if that you're not growing... Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at, say, a, a blade of grass as an example, you know, it doesn't struggle to grow. By definition, it grows. Um, and then if you sap it of all of its fuel and all of its light and all of its, um, all of its soil and water, it, ha- it, it doesn't sort of stop growing and just sit there. It actually diminishes and it dies. So um, we're, a, we're just another living being or another, uh, you know, we're part of the universe as such or part of all life. And yeah. by definition, we're the same. We're either growing or disintegrating. If you're not, I believe that you know, too many of us are actually living in a four by four cubicle in front of a computer screen and there's a very limited amount of growth and that growth has to be stimulated from within. Yeah, absolutely. And it's our responsibility as well. And I, you know, I enjoyed your, you know, the piece in the book which really reminded us about you know, taking that responsibility for ourselves. It is our responsibility to, to, to do these things for ourselves, you know, um, and to take that responsibility on. It's not up to anyone well, it's also, else in our life. No, abso- absolutely, and it's also just by looking. Again, I'm a I'm a, a, a literature a, a literature um, major. Um, when you look at the word responsibility and you break it up, it's actually it's actually a, a conglomerate word of two words, which is response and ability. So it's actually implicating the fact that you have the ability to respond to yourself. It's uh, when, when you say it's your responsibility, people often infer blame. It's actually not that way yeah. at all. It's actually that no. you have the ability to respond. Yeah, and and um, I see it, Warren, as um, you know, we can actually step up and be a leader in our own lives. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's that, and we and we've all heard the um, you know, we've all heard the the, the the play on words being you know, you're the star in your own movie. You know, it's um, yeah. you don't too many of us exist as an extra. Yeah. in our own movie. So we're just kind of background and, and we allow whatever happens, supposedly whatever happens, to happen to us you know, as, as opposed to understanding that you make the choice. You can choose yeah. to be happy regardless of what's going on around you. The world could fall down around you and yet you could still choose to accept that it's falling around and go, okay, you know, I, I choose to be happy in this anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, you absolutely. Know, it's, yeah, it's, a it's, it's all about you. It's Absolutely, that we can we can make a choice around how we want to be, um, you know, regarding whatever circumstance we're in. We have a, a choice around how we want to uh, view that um, circumstance. And I well, love that. Absolutely. Um, Go on. Say, I love that uh, excerpt in your book. I can't remember who wrote it, um, but it was about the um, the family on the yacht, and. Um, <laughs> You know how that was actually, how they. That's actually my business partner, Adam. Adam Garner. Ah, yes, yes. I thought that was very powerful. And, the and a true story. Was very powerful. Oh, really? Actually, a true. Yeah, actually, a true story. Adam uh, and his uh, and his. The story is actually about Adam and his younger brother, and ah. um and his and his mum and dad were the sailors of the boat. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think. It would be helpful, Warren, if we could give a little bit more insight to our listeners around, um, you know, the your background, a little bit more about, um, you know, what it is that you do, and then, um, uh, you know, just in terms of um, how you came into this experience. Um, you know, you wrote about your 
your sales background. And I think there's a really powerful message in there, which I'd like to mention at a later stage when we come back to that. But um, if you can just give our listeners just a little bit of a background um, on you so they can get to know you a little better, and then um, uh, we can talk about your, your journey in the book. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I guess you know, how I came to, I, I have a, a substantial background in, in sales training and, and sales management and what have you. I, uh, I spent a fair bit of time in the car industry. Um, please yeah. don't hold it against me. Um, but um, from that, I, um, as I said, I, I discovered the secret, um, really took on board what, it, uh, what its teachings were and yeah. accepted the holes in the message. I mean, Rhonda made no secret, no, ironically, Rhonda made no secret about the fact that the secret was kind of the awareness of one of the yeah. universal laws, you know, yeah. which is the law of attraction or, or for better words, the law of vibration. Mm. Um, yeah, there's no I secret into the fact that... it attention, didn't it? It just, it was, it was, a, it was just a wonderful um, medium to get people's attention to, to look at what the law of attraction was. I think there was very little around the piece uh, around action. But Absolutely. You know, to, you know, just just to really get people to sit up and pay attention, which obviously did with you, uh, it certainly did mm. with me as well. You know, um, I think that was very powerful. Absolutely, and that, and that was that was really the premise of it. You know, I think there was always a there was always a thought process of a second part, which was all about action. Yeah, I think that was always on the like on the horizon somewhere along the lines. But it was um, from from seeing that I kind of took that message and I thought, well, wow, if this law of vibration actually exists, let's put it to the test. Um, and um, it, it worked. It was a very simple, a simple message for me, which said that you know, put forward your intention, know what you want. It was it was a, a catalytic moment in my life to realise that I didn't have to focus on what I didn't want anymore. Um, yeah, and by focusing on what I wanted, as the messages came through to me as to the next step in the path, all I had to do was take that step. I mean, I think it was James Ray on Oprah at one point, or James Arthur Ray on Oprah at one point mm-hmm. said. Uh, you know, people think they can sit on their couch and visualize, you know, and you know, visualize what they want, and it'll be dumped on their doorstep. And uh, and instead, what what actually happens is they end up visualizing themselves into the gutter. Because um, yeah. if you don't get off your bum and actually do something about it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. nothing actually happens. So it's uh, I, I took the step and uh, drove forward on it, and actually started making phone calls and contacted. Some of, uh, I can say now, some of my very best friends in the world that happen to be some of the biggest mm-hmm. names on the planet in our industry and um, found that the support network is amazing. You know, like to have people like Bob Proctor, you know, speaking to, I speak to Bob probably once every other week now and yeah. Bob's a driving, he's a, he's a pioneer in our field and um, he's also, like myself, he's proof of the pudding, so to speak. And... Yeah. Um, and I came from that, and Bob's just one of, of many. As you know, there's a number of people that have actually blessed, uh, blessed my book with some incredible stories. Um, yeah. People like Bob Proctor, Marcy Shymoff, Joe Vitale, Marie Diamond. The list kind of goes on to an extent. There's about seven of them in total. But um, I, uh, I, I found myself only two years ago now um, you know, moving into a position where I was you know, a with my background in sales training and, uh, and corporate management, I, uh, I moved into a, a speaking role. It was sort of where it yeah. sort of started. And then from that speaking role, I became a corporate mentor uh, to a number of companies in sales training and management consulting. From there, became a, a personal success mentor or a personal awareness mentor. So we, uh, 
we actually run a, a 10 week uh, a 10 week seminar program called Finding Zero or a 10 week personal mentoring program called Finding Zero uh-huh. which is uh, Ten, it's quite intense. It's actually about 80, 80 to 90 hours over 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's designed to explode people's mindset and start creating massive change and lasting change in their lives. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, my, my business card's kind of like a, like a fold-out section now, um, you know, looking at being a you know, personal success mentor, corporate success mentor, mm-hmm. through to sales training and, and you know, speaking, and obviously uh, now I... A best-selling, should I say, a best-selling international best-selling author, which is kind of Woo-hoo. nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Not bad. That's not bad for a kid from Danny. Not. <laughs> no, not bad at all. Not bad at all. And I expect a lot more from you, Warren. <laughs> oh, there's, there's there's actually there's actually three more books in the pipeline as we speak. So uh, the wow. next one should come out. Yeah, the next one will come out probably end of October, and that's called You Asked for It. Oh wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Hi, so it is. It's, it's pretty incredible. The, the third book, I'm a very much, it's a personal, uh, the third book's called Nice Guys Finish First, ah. uh, which is uh, a very personal book. It's, uh, it really is about taking that step um, beyond if I can, you can, you know, and, uh, and, and take, taking away the fact that you have to be this mean, nasty kind of person to actually be successful. You explain a little bit more there. Um, worrying about the the title of the book because um, you know that uh, that might not be clear to our listeners at this point. You know why you're saying if I can, you can. I'm a I'm a particularly I'm I'm overstating myself when I say I'm a particularly average guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's uh, it really is a case of if you know, anyone has the ability and the responsibility to be able to make lasting, committed change to their lives. Uh, if you're not, you know, the truth is, is uh, what we're actually all seeking is, is a feeling, not a thing. So you know, I, I often encounter clients that will say to me, you know, I just show me how I can get a Ferrari or show me how I can get a, an Aston Martin or, or what, whatever it might be or that perfect partner or an incredible house or the successful business. And what we, part of the, what we go through is, is actually an understanding of it's not actually the thing that you want. You know, like people say, I just want a million dollars, and I go, well, okay, if I gave you a million dollars and and lacquered it, you know, and and uh, and put it in the lounge room floor, so you couldn't actually do anything with it, but you now own a million dollars and it's yours. Do you yeah. still want the million dollars? Yeah. You know, it's it's not the million dollars you want. It's actually the feeling that you get from it. You know, and it's in it's in that space of feeling that we actually create. So, if you can genuinely put yourself in a space of feeling that you have the Aston Martin. Um, or the Ferrari, it's suddenly no longer a wishful state. You know, I, I run a thing in my seminars where I have people get into a, a, a semi-meditative state and then I sort of say, now I want everyone to think of having a million dollars in their bank account right now. And you watch all these smiles and arms pumping and you know, people particularly excited about it. You know? And then I sort of, I, I, you know, from there we move into a state where I explain to people that if it was already yours, would you still be excited about it or would you just have it? Uh-huh. And in just having it, that's the creative space. So do you move them beyond into a, a sort of a bigger picture of what, what goes beyond the, 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 the financial prosperity piece, Warren? 
Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. What, what we teach, and it's the, it's the name of our company, is, is my absolute success. Um, what, we implica- what we really teach is abundance. Abundance, by definition, is all. You know, people tend to focus on either money or they focus on um, relationship success or they focus on spiritual enlightenment or, or whatever it might be. But by definition, abundance implicates all areas. You know, it's, uh, you know, to focus on financial wealth is, is, look, is, there's no crime in that. That's not a, this, I, uh, I recommend everybody. I, I've always said that I've been, I've been uh, extremely poor financially and, I've all, and, and at the same time been happy. And I've also been extremely wealthy and I've been extremely happy. I much prefer extremely wealthy financially and really happy. It's, I recommend it. It's much better than poor and happy. Um, and there's no crime in that. Uh, one of the things that I, one of the things I'm a, I'm actually a, an accredited uh, master coach with the Australian New Zealand Institute of Coaching, and um, one of the things I teach all my coaches is, if you are assisting people into making millions of dollars or creating the life of their dreams, are you not entitled to be wealthy out of that financially? It's it's, it's this. It's this strange adage, and you'd know, being in the field you're in, Louise, you'd, you'd know exactly the same thing. There are millions of coaches out there that are broke, mm-hmm. uh, and yet, yep. and then they're training, and yet they're training other people how to become successful. Um, yeah. It's kind of a case of do as I say, not as I do. And I've, I've always <laughs> felt, you know, I've always felt that yeah, if I want it most, a, I, something out of out of integrity there. Yeah, well, it's just there's no congruency, you know. And yeah. like my son, my I have a five-year-old boy as well. His name's Gabe, or nearly five. His name's Gabriel. He's one of the yeah. the lights in my existence. But um, Gabriel hits. Uh, he, he learns tennis on on Sundays, Sunday mornings. Yeah. And um, if you ask him, like you know, what do you want to be when you what do you want to do when you get older? He goes, ah, oh, I don't know, maybe number one tennis player in the world. You know. And I said, oh, who do you want to you know, who do you want to coach you? And he goes, oh, only Federer. Because he understands that the coach that he wants, and he's at five years old, and he understands that the coach that he wants has to be somebody that's done what he wants to do. You know, there's an old adage of finding finding a person that's doing what you want to do and mirroring them. Uh-huh. You know, um, by doing, if, if I was to want to learn tennis, I'd spend yeah. time with Roger Federer because he's yeah. done what I he, you know, he's done what I'd want to do, and I'd figure what he does works. Yeah. And that we're yeah, so, we're actually worthy of asking the people who are are, are, um, are excellent at what they do. Well, the dif- absolutely. The, the difference between great and excellent. And I'll go through. Ten- I'll do it with tennis again, which is you know looking at the tennis players in the world. There are probably five million pretty good tennis players in the world. Yeah, there are probably a million. Um, great tennis players in the world, or, you know, very good tennis players in the world. There's probably, well, there's certainly a hundred great tennis players in the world, and yet there's ten in the top ten, and there's two that are outstanding. Now, the two that are outstanding, the difference between them and the excellent tennis players in the world is two percent. The difference is, is they're the ones that everyone goes, "Come on, mate, let's hit the showers," and he goes, "No, no, no, I'm going to hit another hundred balls." Yeah. It's two percent effort. It's two percent mindset difference. It's that time when you're sitting against the, with your back to the wall and you can't pay your rent, and the they're knocking on your door to repossess your cars, 
that I believe that I step in and go, okay, I'm still doing what I'm doing and making a living so I can pay the bills. So what do I do to pay the bills? But more importantly, I'm not going to lose focus of what I want. And it's in stepping. I've seen, I've seen the... I've seen some tough times and you know, I had a point in my life uh, where my partner, Natalie, was ready to go, you know, take the kids mm-hmm. and yeah. you can't do this anymore and, and, yeah. it's, you know, and yet stayed focused on it and don't, didn't discount my relationship at all, sort of stayed with her and said, look, please understand that this is what we're doing and, and I've got an incredible partner that, as it says in the book, she supports me. I can't even tell you. I, She's my I'm blessed. You know, all I can say is yeah. I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's she's stunning on the outside and thirty times more beautiful on the inside. And um, it's one of those things where we stood strong on our belief. And in that knowing, it wasn't even a belief point at that point. It was actually in knowing that this is what we do. We change yeah. people's lives, and in the process, change our own. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you really did that, Warren. And um uh, you know, I was really excited to see your um, your growth in the book. You know, and, and um, you know, just uh, your your uh, your growth through the sales and then into the, the marketing roles and and your perspective um, in that role. I'll just, I'm just going to read a quote here that I thought was um, quite powerful. Um, just in turn, and I think this is really important for a lot of business owners who might be listening to this show um, because of um, you know, a lot of them will it feel like sales is a dirty word. And so I, I just want to, to share this just in terms of the perspective that you took, um, which allowed you the success that you had um, from a sales perspective. Um, so mm. let me just read it here. Sales is a noble trade to be in when you look at it from a certain perspective. I found that I could look at the sales game from one of, one of two perspectives. One perspective was that I provided people with a means of meeting their needs and their wants, fulfilling their dreams and desires by facilitating the purchase of whatever it may be that they required or desired. Alternatively, I could perceive my plethora of sales roles as those of trying to generate the greatest amount of profit for the organization that I worked for with minimal effort or labor and a minimum of man hours, regardless of what it was that the customer (laughs) needed. Um, Absolutely. Talk, talk a little bit more, Warren, about the choice that you made there. Absolutely. And, and, and further on, or, or just pro- no, yeah, further on, just a little bit from there, I actually explained that, you know, being in the car industry at that time, I was, uh, I realised that I'd never actually sold a car. You know, um, I'd, a lot of people had chosen to buy them from me, but I'd, uh, I'd, I'd never actually gone out and sold one. Um, what I, what I realised was that there's a, a stigma that's attached to the word sales. And yet, if you've removed every salesperson from the face of the earth and all the marketers away from the planet, um, what you'd end up having is there's no knowledge of what's going on and what other new technologies available or, or what's better or what's worse. Yeah, it's a case I like, I like looking at uh, our, the illustrious um, Henry Ford. And uh, when you consider, you know, uh, there was nothing wrong with the horse and cart. It was really functional. It worked. You know, you fed the horse, it dragged you around, it was, it, it, was, it was practical. And Henry Ford came up with this horseless carriage. Mm-hmm. You know, so along, along comes this horseless carriage and, you know, and it chugged and it, you know, it burped and it farted and it did all these things that the, old car, you know, the, the original cars did. And um, everyone would look at these guys driving these things and go, you guys are crazy. These things are never going to take off. 
And yet the marketers and the salespeople of these horseless carriages have allowed us to drive things like Ferraris, BMWs and Porsches of today. Um, it's, it became, an, I guess my sales process is a, is a form of need, a needs analysis. You know, when it looked, I did things very differently in the car industry where I used to actually have people, uh, I'd meet someone out on the car yard like they do and I was all smiles and how do you do and shaking hands, etc., etc. And um, from there I'd say, look, why don't we come inside? Let's have a seat and we'll work out what you're after. And I'd spend half an hour to 40 minutes with people sort of, most, I think, it, I think the statistics work out that 29% of people actually buy the car they set out to buy. Um, and it's because they didn't, you don't, people don't look at what they really need. How many times, I'm sure, I'm sure you're guilty of this, Louise. I mean, have you ever bought a car that, uh, that um, once you owned it, you went, damn it, why did I buy this? <laughs> you know, um, you know how, the, how, the kid, how are the kids going to fit in this Porsche? You know, it just doesn't, people don't think. So, um, so I'd actually go through a needs analysis process with them and actually go, okay, well, this is the sort of, you know, we establish what they actually need provide the options of what they need and sort of go through, okay, well, basically, which colour would you like? You know, and um, allow them to buy that from me rather than actually sell it to them. Yeah. That could be an interesting, uh, 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 <laughs> an interesting concept, to, uh, certainly to the, to the US, because I tell you, once you've experienced um, the, um, <laughs> buying a car in the US, it's like no other. I can I can tell you. <laughs> I bought cars in other countries before, and it's, you really are being sold to, and it's a real negotiation process. Expect to it to take at least two hours. You know when you go and buy, go into a car showroom there. Well, we've over here. What what we've done in Melbourne now is, uh, and I've spent a bit of time with a few places over here. So and a couple of Toyota dealerships, and also uh, in training their staff and and uh, training the management, and in, and with uh, Honda as well. But what we've done over here now is it's, there's no such thing as a square table. Everything's round. Um, every, uh, every dealership that I've worked with now has a coffee shop in it. Um, most of the salespeople don't wear ties anymore. It's a really comforting environment. There's a full-time barista on, on the books now making coffees and what have you. And it's, a, it's an environment where people get to sit down with someone who genuinely wants to help them um, find the right vehicle for them. And it's just a different environment. It's much more comforting. It's much more relaxed. You have an ability to be able to go through all of the options of what you want. Um, there's no aggressive sales techniques. It, it's supposed to be. I mean, for most people, this is the second largest purchase they're ever going to make in their lives. Yeah. It's supposed to be an enjoyable experience. Yeah. I've, had more fun, I've had more fun buying fridges in my life than I have buying cars. <laughs> It's it's meant to be enjoyable. I mean, I'm about to buy a brand new car. This is exciting. So I believe that it's about the, as as is life. I mean, there's certain Mm -hmm. analogies that I could make in comparison, but Mm -hmm. it's it's about enjoying what you're doing. I'd tell you, if you go into a car dealership and you're not enjoying yourself, go somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. This is is interesting, Warren, because... You know what I see is that, um, and we can we can tie this back into the the con- conversation we've been having about, around the law of attraction. But um, you know the way that the um, the markets are, the economy is right now. We, I believe that we are we are people who are selling a service or a product are far more successful when it's really about 
uh, really about taking into consideration the needs of the people you're dealing with and, and building a relationship of trust rather than mm. trying to sell them something. Um, you know, people Absolutely. really want to, to trust you and they really want to um, be heard. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a really different way of being. Absolutely. And it's, it's, we've got to remember that, I'll, I'll give you a little analogy, I guess. It's, uh, if you consider a tablecloth, okay, and there's, and there's bumps and folds in that tablecloth, okay, as you sort of spread it out on the table. Are the, are the bumps and folds different to the tablecloth, or are they still just tablecloth? Are they different to the... Tablecloth, um, or are they still just... Part, yeah, still just tablecloth. Of, of course. So I'd, I'd put to you that are we not just bumps and folds in the fabric of the universe? Mm. Are we not the same? Like it's about people. Now um, I do a little a little spot where I explain to people that it's it's about people, people. Yeah, and it's and it's not that it's not that we are the same. It's actually that we are same. No the. Yeah, it's um, we're part of the one universal org- uh, organism. Gosh, I almost said the big O. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, we're, we're part of the same organism. It's um, we need we require each other. They suggest that if you get a newborn baby and you give it you know, and all you do is you give it food and and and, and uh, fluid and don't give it any love, that that child will die. Yeah. Yeah, and yet a child without food and water, with love, can actually exist for a lot longer. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're communicative beasts. We are, we're pack animals. We need to actually, we require love and connection. It's one of the, the, the six primary human requirements. We require this to exist. So why not relate on a, on a, on a more appropriate level? I prefer to get along with people. There's some, I, I don't understand how people can yeah, why, think that... Why should we make it difficult? Why should we make it hard? Absolutely. And that's, again, the premise of if I can, you can. I mean, if I can be nice... You know, why can't you? You know, like yeah. it's, it's a decision. And yes, you get, you know, like in Australia we call it, yes, you get kicked in the teeth once in a while. Or, you know, yes, uh, you know, yes there's people out there that still believe um, conversely or adversely to, to the theory of you're allowed to be, you know, you're allowed to help each other. And um, those people, unfortunately, they, uh, you know, they'll, they'll still kick you in the teeth once in a while. But it's about stepping up from that and staying strong in your belief. And the thing is, you know, there is that whole thing around you, you reap what you sow as well because, you know, the people who are kicking you in the teeth, you know, are more less likely to have the success that you might have because of their attitude. Mm, absolutely. And, so and, they, absolutely. So they, they, they will attract from the universe what they put out. Yeah, 100%. It also leads forward that I've found that you know, the, the amount of help that I've been given over the past two or three years now, or the, the guidance by people like you know, Bob Doyle and Joe Vitale and Peter Wink and these great, these great teachers, um, having an opportunity where they call and say, okay, Warren, what else do you need? Hmm. You know, um, of their own volition. I mean, people like, I mean, I'm blessed to have a friendship with Marcy Shymoff, who, as you know, wrote you know, Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul and yeah, more yeah. recently, Happy for No Reason. Um, Marcy's, you know, she's undoubtedly one of my very dearest friends, one of the people that I hold dearest in my heart, and um, closer than some of my best friends in Australia, um, yeah. just because my friendship with her is all about mutual benefit. Mm. How many of your friends? How many of your friends will genuinely go out of their way to uh, to help? And this is premised on 
being, I, I choose to be in a space where I'll do anything I can for anybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I find that in return, tenfold I have people lining up to help me. It's a wonderful place to be. Yeah. That, that, and if that, I can, that, and if I can, you giving. can look. Yeah, and it's that gift of giving. And I truly, I truly know what you're saying, Warren, because I, I believe that I operate in a, in a very similar way. And um, you know, it's it's that gift of giving just keeps you know coming back and coming back. Um, well, it's it's actually it's actually by definition a requirement of the universe to do this. Yeah. So the more I the more I give, the more that I require to give. Right. Um, so it's to, to, at risk of sounding all spiritual. Um, you know, the well, more that I give, the universe. <laughs> but the universe actually responds by the by the law of vibration and by the universal law of reciprocation, um, which I'll explain. But um, it actually says, well, okay, he's got so much to give. I better give him more to give. It's just a vibrationary space. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, when okay. I referred to the the. Universe, the universal law of reciprocation, what I'm referring to is, is uh, you know, if you just smile randomly at someone, how they kind of smile back? Yes. Yeah, um, it's a universal law that what happens is is that we uh, we get what we put out. Mm-hmm. You know, if I give you something, you actually feel obligated to give something back. It's just a universal law. You know, it's one of those yin and yang things. Yeah. You know, um, so, so yeah. So the, the more I give, the more I seem to receive, so I can give more, and then that's a self-perpetuating cycle. Yeah, and wouldn't that be amazing if we could, you know, incorporate that way of being throughout the universe, throughout the world, and spread this message so that people really got to understand that it doesn't have to be about hate and violence and, um, you know, the, the negative um, emotions uh, that the fear-driven part of, of how people live their lives, if we could come from that space of love and, and giving. Because, uh, mm. I mean, giving comes from love. It comes from uh, curiosity. It comes from uh, compassion. It comes from curiosity. You know, if we Absolutely. come from that space continuously, imagine what a world we would have. Uh, and, and should we not? You know, I mean, yeah. I, I'm con- I constantly find myself somewhat aghast when I think that, you know, let's think of the, I don't know, would it be a trillion dollars a year spent on military? It must be at least a trillion, possibly, possibly a few trillion or maybe a hundred trillion. I don't know the math. Um, but um, you know, imagine if that was put into something else. Like what if that was put into medical research or space research or oceanic research? Um, it's, it, we, we seem to have this focus on the fact that you know, there are a series of tablecloths yeah. Yeah, as opposed to there being this one big tablecloth. You know, um, the, the irony is, is that we are the human race. Yeah. You know, um, the irony with a race is, is that someone has to win, but the human race doesn't seem to want to win. It's a, it's a, it's a circle you know, that we tend to keep. Yeah. It's not a race. It's not a race at all. It's more like a human standstill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Warren, I I want um, I just want to um, get to this piece, which I think is really important, and and um, I noticed that you know in your in your writing that you really made a shopping list for yourself in terms of what you really wanted to create to bring into your life, and and once you got really clear on that, um, you know, with going into that role at the point, you know, where you, mm. where you picked up that <laughs> yeah. fantastic job at the at the point, and um, you really got clear on what it was that you wanted, and um, 
interestingly, you know, there's no such thing as coincidences that the point did the same <laughs> thing. And bam, you guys came together and, and that was just amazing. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, that I think that's a really important piece, isn't it? Um, you know, which you were writing Absolutely. about with, with the law of attraction and how to really use it in a very powerful way. Well, that was, that was um, I guess, catalytic uh, for me in my life. Like actually you know, deciding absolutely that what I would accept as a, in this particular circumstance in a job was um, these, I needed to have these five things. You know, like I had to, had to know that it was in hospitality. I wanted to get back into hospitality, but I wanted to use my sales and marketing skills. And I wanted a boss that understood that my family came first. And where do you find those bosses? And, um, you know, this, this series of you know, four or five things that I went, well, this is, this is all I'll accept. And then to have Natalie, my partner, say, honey, I think her exact words, I won't say the exact words, but she did say, I think you're dreaming. She just premised the word dreaming with something else prior to. And, um, and, um, and um, I mean, I'm, I figure this is a family show. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I said, well, it's not that I'm dreaming. It's just that that's what I'll accept. Yeah. You know, um, so I'll accept nothing else. And yeah. it was interesting that, to find the points, which is an incredible you know, function and event centre and uh, an amazing restaurant and bar in uh, in Albert Park, overlooking Albert Park Lake, where the where the Australian Grand Prix run, it's breathtaking. Yeah. And to um to have a, uh, an organisation like the Point to actually step up and say, look, we're actually looking for exactly you, um, yeah. with a phone call from the owner who or from the owner's son who runs the place. To me, like I didn't even apply for a job. He called me and said, do you happen to know anyone who could fit this bill? Um, You know, it was amazing to think that it's that simple, like to have an absolute faith and knowing um, that this is all I'll accept and then have that present. And like you said, there is no coincidence. It had to be that way or it wouldn't have appeared. Um, it's, It's understanding that any part of your life any part of your life, whether it be in your relationships, in your, in your bank account, in your spiritual or emotional wisdom, um, you have to know what it is you want and then accept nothing less. You yeah. know, we've fallen into this pattern as, well, we've fallen into this pattern as, as human beings where yeah. you know, uh, there's that analogy of uh, you know, aiming for the stars and hitting the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, don't hit the moon. <laughs> You know, if, if, you've, if you've got to stop on the moon to refuel for a bit, by all means, but go for the stars. You know, um, it's this, and know that we're worthy of it as well, that we don't need to, to, to undercut what our, our needs and desires are, you know, um, along the way. Because I think, you know, that's the thing. I think your expectation was that he wouldn't like what you were requesting. And, and why <laughs> would that be the case? He probably respected it and wished that he had done it himself. Absolutely, absolutely, and well, it's also that it's it's that understanding that you know, being you know, with perception being nine tenths of reality, you know, that your world ceases to exist when you're no longer in it. Mm-hmm. So your world, your world owes you everything. What you deserve, everything. You are worthy of everything. It's not about you being worthy. It's about whether or not what you want is worthy of you. Ah. Because it owes you its existence. Ah, that's a really interesting way of putting it. Well, I mean, you're going to do, if you go to, let's say it's a job that you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be there for roughly 40 hours per week. Mm-hmm. That's, a third, that's a third of your life. Yeah. 
is that job worthy of one third of your existence? It doesn't That's matter if you're worthy. Of course you're worthy. It. Of course you're worthy, Louise. It's oh, not that yeah. it's not whether or not you're worthy for this for what you do. It doesn't matter if this is if you're worthy of it. Is this worthy of you? Is this worthy of your time and effort? Do you do the radio show easily, or is it something you actually have to put some sort of work into along the way? <laughs> Yeah. Is that is that work worthy of you? It's it's so You're, worthy of me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, it is, and that's your choice. So if you choose to allow it, you know, to give yourself, and I know that it's not a third of your life; it's more like a half to three quarters, or or all possibly. Um, you know, if, if it's if it's worthy of you, yeah. then I'd say do it. Yeah. You know, if it became a chore and you hated it and you didn't want to do it anymore, I'd say stop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And interestingly, Jay in the chat room, Sunny Jay, mentions there's no God without me. And and I think this is an interesting um, uh, <laughs> carry on on this conversation that you know we we in a sense we are the divine, and we we um, you know we can live that, or we can we can um, you know choose to 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 see it from a different perspective. But truly, once I think once we understand that we are the divine, um, mm. you know, that we, c- we can be and do anything. Well, uh, look, I'll, 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 risk, I'll risk, and this is in one of our later books, but uh, I'll risk the Catholic Church coming and hunting me down. But what I'd, I'd, and again, it comes to, to that uh, tablecloth analogy, but I'll actually, I'll actually uh, inference the, uh, the Bible. Here we go, here's a risk. Um, uh, but... Um, well, Jesus, Jesus Christ stood up, and don't quote, you know, this isn't a quote because I can't recall the exact wording, but you know, Jesus Christ stood up and said that I am the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. He, further went, he further went on and said that you too are children of God, and you are built in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you've got to understand the audience was a very uneducated population mm-hmm. who weren't able to understand things the way we understand them. So what he was like, I'd, I'd invite you to consider that what he was actually saying was, we are all part of universal energy. You two are the same as me. You two have the powers and the abilities and the thought processes that I have. We're all same. We're all tablecloth. Yeah, that actually is a really um, great way of of interpreting that because it really makes so much sense and. You know, I think the way that the the Bible has been interpreted really wasn't the way that it was it was intended. Well, so, I mean, Louise, keep keep in mind there were thirty six, I believe it was thirty six books of the Bible um, until about the eighth or ninth century, where one of the cardinals, and I can't recall his name, I'm sure someone will Google it, but um, you know, one of one of the cardinals actually said, well, okay, we'll take these four, and we'll use Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to. I'd like to see the other thirty-two books. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's and a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it really, it really comes back to the premise of responsibility. It really comes back to the premise of understanding that you know, well, really that you can. You know, it's a, it's a case of an understanding where you know you are God by definition, based on the fact that all there is. And you know, every physicist on the planet will support me on this, but all there really is is energy moving at different vibrations. That's all there is. 
Um, I'm not a physical being with a spirit. I'm a spiritual being in a physical body. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm part of this same tablecloth or this universal fabric, as much yeah. as as much as the the couch I'm or the, the couch I'm looking at or the the, the armchair yeah. I'm sitting on, or the computer that I'm, I've got in front of me or the the thoughts that I'm emitting. You know, it's all the same energy. It's all part of this same universal fabric. And by understanding that, you also start to understand that God or Allah or Buddha or, I don't know, you can call him Bob if you like, you know, or whatever your relationship with him or her is. I better say you can also call him Jane, just so I'm not being sexist. Um, you know, whatever your relationship with is also part of the universal fabric. Now, being part of the universal fabric means that it's all part of the one organism, which means you are as much God as I am as... Was it Nick who, who wrote the message? In the uh, chat Jay, room? Jay. Yep, just like, yeah, so Jay. I mean, yeah, as much as Jay is. So Jay, you're 100% right. You know, when you say that there is no God without me, well, that's mm-hmm. because you are. Yeah, Absolutely. If I can give everyone two really powerful words, which I invite you to use every day in the best possible context, is I am. Mm. It's very powerful, if you can just just stop at the I am and just create the space around it and allow that to be. Well, and, and focusing on that feeling. You know, I can say to you that for three years I've been saying I am one of the greatest personal success mentors and personal awareness experts the world has ever seen. I am. Uh-huh. You know, there were times there was times that that chose not to present itself, but then I also wasn't ready for it. Right. You know, I wasn't accepting of it. I wasn't ready to be comfortable. I wasn't ready to be happy. I thought I was, but yeah. I wasn't. I didn't have my website up. I didn't have a book ready. I didn't have all these things that you know, I didn't know I needed. So I wasn't ready. You know, um, I and felt that people who... Of course it does because it works on feelings. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100% responded to that. Knowing what I am has led me to be what I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I just want to mention before you know we wrap up... Um, Warren, because unfortunately we only have seven minutes left, but I wanted to <laughs> just mention the um, uh, one of the people you mentioned in your book was Peter Wink, and he mentioned the listening to the still voice within. Peter's amazing. To, I, I just I love the way he said that, um, and then I you know I read about Marcy Shimoff and how she had um, talked about you know going into silent meditation to get uh, the answers that she needed, and I just. I thought that was very powerful, you know, to, to allow the um, that energy, that the universe to come through and, and to, to give you the um, the answers that we need uh, without forcing mm. it as well, which is, I think, a really important piece of, of the law of attraction that we can't force because that's when the constriction comes and it isn't, it isn't a flow. So oh, absolutely. Your, your comment Abs- on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I, I guess I'll, I'll do it. The easiest way I can do it is, is I'm broke. Um, I'm having fights with my partner. My kids are so painful. The world is going so fast. I've got to answer these emails. The phone's ringing. I've got to, now the landline's ringing and I've got to get this and that's on the go and I've got to check my pager and oh God, I'm stuck in traffic and there's red lights and there's etc. 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 And unfortunately to a lot of people, that's their life and that's all they can hear. The quality and standard of your life is based wholly and solely on the quality and standard of your questions. 
And unfortunately, we don't allow ourselves the time of silence to be able to ask better questions. It's, uh, it's a case of being able to disconnect. Turn your phone off just for a bit. Turn oh, off I the TV. For the last two weeks, Warren, it's been wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, but it is, and I'm sure that the answers that you got to the questions that you posed presented. Yeah. You know, they were the right answers. It's allowing yourself to stop. By the way, I'm not telling everyone to hang up their phone now, but I am saying you know, that it is a case of just, just stop. Just mm. stop for a minute. Yeah. With that caught up in the day-to-day things and the busy and the stuff with the what's it and the thing and the hoo-ha, that we lose track of what we really want. Um, it's, it's an understanding of uh, the, the greatest question that I've ever posed to myself, and I do this probably 30 or 40 times, now, is, is this getting me closer to or further away from my goals? Right. Whatever this is. And I ask it, I don't even know how many times a day. You know, it's, does this feel good? Does this make me feel good? You know, it's, it's a series of better quality questions. The other one I give you is, is in the depths of despair, supposedly, that people feel, ask yourself at that moment where it all seems to be falling apart, the one question that I find myself asking constantly is, you know, what am I going to learn from this? You know, it's a better quality, instead of saying, oh my God, I'm just look at where I am and how am I going to get myself out of this poverty yeah. or how am I going to feed my family, stop for a minute, be silent and say, what am I going to, because you know in 10 years you're going to laugh about it. Yeah, and that's a really yeah. another important piece of the book that you mentioned with the, with the, um, the reactive um, piece. Or, Action, uh, reaction. It, yeah, exactly. And I think that's really important because we have a choice around how, we want to be in certain situations, you know. As you talked about the, um, you know, the story with the your partner um, as a child on on uh, on the yacht, you know, how they mm. chose to be in that situation, and and if we if we can be aware of the choices that we can make, um, yeah, and have that conscious awareness of how we are and how we can be, you know, it, it's so much more powerful in, in our lives. Well, ab- absolutely, so, and also remembering that if you want to have something you've never had before. You've got to do something you've never done before. Right. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I mean, there's a great saying out there. I can't remember exactly what it is, but, uh, you know, um, getting the same results, you know, um, you can't... Yeah, it's un- un- yeah Einstein. Exactly. Yeah, Einstein. The, the definition, yeah, the, the definition of, insanity. of insanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a yeah, different exactly. result. Exactly. You know, and um, so often we do that. And, well, and look... Uh, if a boy from Dandenong can write an international bestseller and go from pretty much broke to where I am today in three years, now three years to some people seem like a lifetime, but I tell you, better to have three years of going through this than to have 30 years or 60 years or 90 years. You know, um, three years is a dot in the ocean. Um, and, and, to, and the thing is, you probably wouldn't have got there if you hadn't actually been going through the broke phase to have the no, realizations and the awarenesses that, uh, that brought to you. And, and broke, Louise, doesn't mean $300,000 in debt with people leering over your shoulder trying to, steal, you know, trying to repossess your children. You know, um, broke, broke means whatever it means to you. If you're, comfortable, if you're comfortable, I put to you that you could probably be better off. Yeah. If, you're, if, if, you're emotion, if, you, if you're emotionally sad, then you're broke. If you're yeah. ill all the time but have money and great friends, you're broke. Whatever yeah. broke means, the truth is, is the universe is abundant. 
by definition, the universe is all. You know, there's enough stuff for all of us threefold. You know, yeah. Claim what's and yours. Also being, and also being uh, um, clear about what success means to us as well, because everyone has a different That's... definition of what that means. Well, uh, just, um, again, very quickly, sorry, I was just going to say, success is actually a process. Success right. isn't a destination. You know, it's when you lie on your deathbed in however many years and you actually turn around and go, you know what, I had a successful life. Not that you lie on your bed and you go, you know what, I'm now successful. It's right. a journey. Success is a process. And, and that's the thing, you know, if you have a perception of what success means to you, um, hopefully that's something that we're, we're living day to day, you know, whatever that means to you. It's not about um, accomplishing it at the end of that journey. It's about living it every day. Absolutely. Look, the only thing, look, I'd invite everyone to, to have a, if I can be so bold, Louise, have a look at, you know, www.ificanyoucanbook.com. Um, that gives you a really good insight into what the book's all about and how it works. It right. also has an opportunity of buying it from there. Um, right. My website, again, Warren. It's, it's www.ificanyoucanbook.com. Um, you're allowed to write it with an American accent as opposed to an Australian one. Um, you know, it's, uh, my website is um, warrenhenningson.com, which I'm sure Louise will put on the, uh, on the blog with the spelling and what have you, so it's warrenhenningson.com, or you can go to myabsolutesuccess.com. Wonderful. Well, that's really, um, that's really great, Warren. I'm, I'm, really, um, I'm really excited that you wrote this book because I, I really feel like it was very helpful for me to have, you know, this is a lot of work that I've done for myself, and I, it was a wonderful reminder, a wonderful uh, way of bringing it all together. And um, so I really want to recommend that um, everyone out there who's listening, you know, read this book. Um, it really is, uh, it's powerful, it's, it's got, the, the, the message is very clear and succinct. It's an easy book to read, and um, it has a lot of wisdom coming from the pages, which I've you know, I have picked up over the years, you know, from various um, other sources, and it's all in one book, which is what's so cool about it. So, um, you know, get out there and, and really uh, go and get it and, and um, you know, spend a couple of hours reading it from cover to cover, which is what I did. So, um, there's Warren, also, really there's also the way to cover. I was just going to say, there's a couple of thousand dollars worth of bonuses on it by going through to my uh, ificanyoucanbook.com as well. Oh, so if you buy great. the book, there's a couple of thousand dollars worth of bonuses that we've left up available Wonderful. to people. That's excellent. Wonderful. Thanks for mentioning that. And Warren, <laughs> I really want to wish you um, more success in your life, you know, and, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. It sounds like it really, you get um, a lot of, um, uh, you know, you get your buzz from what you do and, and um uh, that's what's most important, you know, that uh, you have the passion and to keep moving forward with that. I really appreciate what, what you do and, and um, you know, the gifts that you're giving to the universe. Absolutely. Thank you. And, th and thank you to everyone listening. I'll give you guys one more word, which is Nike. <laughs> and Nike obviously stands for just do it. Whatever yeah. it is, Nike. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love their message. Thanks so much, Warren. It's been wonderful Thanks, talking to you, and I hope that we connect sometime in the in the near future. And um, and uh, best of luck with this book. Absolutely. Thank you, Louise. Thank you, everybody. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye bye now. <laughs>